And I'm your other host, Maximus Hunter. And we are joined in studio today by our reporter. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany Liskey. And we got a great show coming up, coming up for you today. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, on the agenda, we've got Ren Wadsworth Campus News. Brittany has got your local news. We're going to be discussing uh, in one round table the interesting beverages uh, senators are allowed to drink during the impeachment trial. It may surprise you. After that, we're going to be hearing some pre-recorded pieces. Um, we're going to be talking to Writing Center Associate Director Laura Hall about what the Writing Center is and how students can use it this semester. Uh, what are other pieces, Ren? Um, well, we're going to do a, little, a couple of pieces that I made for a competition. So we already aired one, the Culture War piece, but it's been edited just a little bit. So that'll be new and fresh to you. Um, we're also going to look at my powwow piece. I'm not sure if we ever were able to air it. But I don't think we were. I think we tried once. Yeah, but it's going to be the 37th annual powwow. So it'll be the first time you guys hear that. And then we're going to close out the show as we usually do with a little bit of national news and a little bit of weather. Yeah, um, we're also going to have another roundtable if there's time about how frustrating I-25 is after uh, it was shut down for most of the rush hour day yesterday because of a vehicle which caught fire and uh, really delayed some people's commute. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, but first, we have a question for you guys, uh, which is, so last week we asked, you know, what did you do over break? And we got some pretty great responses, but now we're curious to look to the future. So what are your goals for the new semester or year if you're not a student? Um, you know, you can text us those at 970-491-KCSU. That's 970-491-5278. And uh, we're looking forward to discussing them. Uh, I know personally, my quote-unquote uh, New Year's resolution was to uh, talk less smack because nothing good <laughs> comes of that at all. What was yours, Brittany? Um, I've never been one to do a lot of New Year's resolutions, but I think a big one of mine is to call my parents more often, you know? That's a good one. Being in college, I don't always have a lot of time or make the time to call them and talk to them, and I know they really appreciate those conversations, so definitely like going to try to be doing that this year. That's something every college student should do. I mean, I know my, my dad, uh, I think it's probably his biggest complaint about me is every time I call him, it's about money. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, same. I find myself doing that a lot, so I'm going to try and do that less. Exactly. For sure. yeah. More calls, you know, how are you, mm -hmm. how's life, parents Regular are people too. Regular conversation type things. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think mine definitely would have to be uh, don't sweat the small stuff. I think I get so caught up in little things that don't really um, matter that much, and then I worry about them a lot. So I think I need to just let those things go and focus on the big picture. All right, but uh, we're going to move right along into campus news with me. So the future of uh, the land of the future of the land of the Hughes Stadium, uh, where Hughes Stadium previously stood, is still in the air according to nine news Fort Collins city council has delayed the vote regarding the zone rezoning of the land the rezoning would call for development of houses in more than 160 acres of land that the colorado state university board of governors sold the decision to delay the vote was made after an ethics complaint was filed against three council members uh, the complaint was made by Rory Heath, asking three members to recuse themselves. The complaint named Mayor Wade Troxel, Mayor Pro Tem Kristen Stevens, and Councilmember Ken Summers. Heath believes that they have a conflict because they work for CSU, they collect a paycheck from CSU, they are employees of CSU, and that was a direct quote from him, and he went on to say, I'm appalled and embarrassed that members in that position did not recuse themselves. 
The vote will be taken up again on March 17th by the City Council once the ethics complaint is resolved. The Gregory Alicar Museum of Art is presenting two new temporary exhibits from January 21st to April 11th. Sursal et Care at the International Spirit and the International Spirit of Abstract Art will be on display in the Griffin Foundation Gallery and from February 8th to May 16th. Simple Truths, Still Life Paintings by Pierre Duar or Dora will be on display in the museum's work on paper gallery. Sylvia Minguzi says about the first exhibit, Sursal et Care and the International Spirit of Abstract Art focuses on the influential but short-lived artistic group known as Sursal et Care or Circle and Square in French, which was founded in 1929 by Belgian artist and critic Michael Super. I think that's Mikael. Mikael. Um, Uruguayan and Catalan artist Joaquin Torres Garcia and Catalan American artist Pierre Edouard are also part of the artists that founded Circle at Care. Although short-lived, it served as a catalyst for a number of other important international artistic movements of the 1930s, such as abstraction creation in Paris and Torres Garcia's Circulo. Uh, e... I will have to write Cir- that up. Circulo e Quadrado. Yeah. Um, it's all French, so we're going to write that, those That one's out. Spanish. Okay. In South America, championing geomet- uh, geometrically abstract abstracted art at a pivotal moment in the history of abstraction. Circulate Care left a substantial legacy. A mixer for LGBTQ students, staff, and faculty at Colorado State University will be held on February 4th. The Pride Resource Center and the Graduate School at CSU plans to hold the mixer to foster community across the university's campus. The mixer will have food and refreshments and will feature remarks from Dean Mary Stromberger as well as other faculty at CSU. Pride Pride Resources Center Director Doris Frias encourages this event and says, we've heard feedback from our graduate students that they can sometimes feel isolated and it's difficult to build community. So for them, it's critical to have a chance to network with facility faculty as part of the graduate school experience. The event will be held from 5.30 to 7.30 in the Laurie Student Center, room 382. Faculty, staff, and graduate students can register at col.st slash zsa Zero M. Once again, that address again will be col.st slash zsa0m. And that's all the campus news I have for you today. Thank you, Ren. I really hope we could maybe get some of those uh, those artists in our show again. That would be really cool. Um. Well, they're all dead, so oh, no. no. <laughs> they're from the 1930s. Maybe we get a medium in here. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> do a little uh, seance. Well, it sounded like it was pretty influential for a lot of different like art styles at the time so i'm sure there's many art students who have studied that style or maybe that's their favorite style so maybe we could look more into that i'm impressed by still life watercolors i can't watercolor at all (laughs) all righty we're gonna take a quick break but after that uh stick around because we're gonna have a little round table about the impeachment and what you are and aren't allowed to drink drink yeah it's kind of surprising Yeah, and then we're going to have an interview with Laura Hall, Associate Director of the Writing Center. And then after that, we're going to have a little bit of local news with our very own reporter, Brittany. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Yep. Stay tuned. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And I'm your other host, Max Hunter. And we're joined today by our reporter. Hello, I'm Brittany Liskey. Hey, Brittany. So uh, we just did some uh, campus news with Ren. And now we're going to move on to our first roundtable discussion of the day. But first, we have a question for you. 
Um, what are your goals for the new year slash the new semester? Uh, we talked about ours. Uh, one of my favorite um, New Year's resolutions I've ever heard is to swear more creatively. And I, I can't <laughs> obviously can't give any examples, but uh, the person was really dedicated. <laughs> Maybe if you substituted other words for swears. I know people sometimes it's a use... a fine line. Sometimes people use, <laughs> really like, is. ice cream, like, instead of swears. Like, they'll be like, what the mint chocolate chip? Yeah, no, it's a fine line. <laughs> I'm not going to try it. <laughs> but that's uh, that's not our topic of conversation right now. Um, what we are going to be talking about is the very interesting uh, rule about what senators can and can't eat and drink during the impeachment trial. So for those who don't know about how the trial is being conducted, um, Speaker of the House Mitch McConnell, uh, in his rules for the Senate trial, decided in order to expedite the process to have each um, each side, uh, the each each uh, the you know prosecuting side and the defending side gets two days to present their case and a twelve-hour session each day, which. Uh, doesn't quite follow with the um, timelines of other previous impeachments, but since impeachment is such a rare thing, it's pretty easy to say that there is no typical impeachment schedule. Uh, however, this does mean that senators are stuck in the trial for 12 hours at a time with no breaks, uh, no food, and only very specific things they're allowed to drink. So the official uh, rules on what senators are allowed to eat and drink during the during any trial is this. Senators can have water. Senators can have milk. Senators can eat chocolate. That's it. That's actually it. Um, and there's some pretty fun precedents behind why this is the case, actually. So in 1908, a uh, senator on the floor of the Senate was drinking eggnog. And... Um, thought his eggnog tasted off, put it down, and they tested it and found out that in the heat of the Senate chamber, the eggnog had actually spoiled and would have killed him had he drank it, which caused the Senate to ban anything besides water from Senate trials. Now, in the 60s, uh, there was a senator who really liked milk, and he convinced people to add milk to this list, but it's only water and milk allowed... That's in the trial. That's funny, because the same thing that happened to the eggnog could easily happen with milk. That's exactly milk. what I was thinking. I feel like it has the same potential, maybe not hurdle. to kill you, yeah. but go bad go and bad, yeah. make you sick. Well, and there's there's a lot of arguments for expanding what senators can drink, and I think that's a good one of them, is at this point we've allowed milk in, might as well let them drink juice right. and have coffee. Yeah, because like you were saying, they're in the Senate chamber for 12 hours each day. That's a pretty rough time to be stuck in one place and can tire you out pretty quickly so not even just coffee just because some religions don't allow to drink coffee so even a caffeinated tea yeah monster energy drink i mean well it is it's a 12-hour trial and all of the time is important and we actually we saw uh yesterday during the second day of the trial a senator actually fell asleep during the trial which is actually supposed to be punishable upon pain of imprisonment but uh they let him off easy um, but yeah, it's, and these are important trial proceedings. I mean, well, yeah, I don't know. 
they're important, but again, it's it's such a long time to be in there with no food. Like, yep. yes, you get candy. You get chocolate. And I guess if you have uh, conditions like hypoglycemia, that will take care of it. But still, 12 hours without food is a long time to go without any kind of food without besides chocolate. And some, some have argued that this was intentional on Mitch McConnell's part in order to... Because um, generally, uh, in, in the past, trials like this and impeachment trials like this don't happen so in such big chunks of time over such a short time span. Normally, you know, you would have four-hour sessions for eight days or something like that. Yeah. But like I said, there's no real precedent for how we approach impeachment because it happens so occasionally. Some may argue that Speaker McConnell setting it up in this way is actually conducive of senators paying less attention. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. And the longer you're in the meeting, the more like hostile, the more angry, the mm. more tired you're going to get. So it just sets up this environment that's not good for like reasonable decision making because you're yeah. tired, you're hungry, you're, you've been there for 10 hours already. And now they're asking you to think about this really big decision. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of setting our senators up for I don't want to say failure, but well, especially they're if you're not already on politically their best... inclined one way or another. Right. Yeah. I they're... feel like it definitely creates an environment that's conducive to more irrational thinking or mm -hmm. irritability that might not lead to the best decision making. The one, yeah, the one with the most uh, the most facts behind it. And I, I just realized actually I did get one thing wrong that I said. It's not two days. It was originally two days, but uh, McConnell did agree to give three days to each side. Okay. But still. Ugh. So six days still of a 12 long time. hours. That's a long know. time to be sitting in I one could place. See, I don't know. So that, that uh, I forgot what it's called. But having the milk and water and chocolate has been around for a while, since at least the last impeachment. And yep. things in the Senate always are things of, if it's been like this in the past, we're going to keep it this way because of tradition. And it's always Usually. something that's hard to change unless there's a good reason to. So this might be the good reason that, oh, this never came up before, but obviously this needs to change because I can't sit in a room for 12 hours for six days in a row and not have food and not have something that's going to keep me awake. Yeah, well, and this would have been actually a pretty easy rule for them to change before the trial started. Um, you know, because they do set the rules, the, the House and the Senate, they dictate the rules for their trials. And so the specific rule of milk and water is in the list of rules for the Senate's trial, but didn't necessarily have to be that way. But it only really gained attention after the trial started. So maybe in the future uh, that could change. Yeah. Well, I wonder how they will change it. If it'll be like, these are the restricted drinks now, like you can have you can't have commercial drinks or something like that, or you can't have a full course meal. I wonder how they're going to, because I don't think they'll lift it completely to just say, like, bring whatever you want. No, because then people bring alcohol. Right, yeah, it. just bring whatever you want. But I wonder how restrictive it's still going to be after this, if they only allow for coffee to come in or if they allow for more kinds of drinks like that. I think it's a big question, especially with coffee and caffeine in general, is it, ethically okay to allow our lawmakers to take drugs while they make laws well that comes down to if you consider coffee a drug I, coffee is a mind-altering substance but most people wouldn't consider it a drug caffeine yes i could i could disagree right you with can you, on you can that. argue it both ways that it is a drug it isn't a drug it changes your either way it changes your physiology but 
Um, there's, anyway, there's definitely a debate there, but I think it is it is important, especially if these senators are up so late. I mean, so Rep. Adam Schiff, who um, I believe he's the minority whip, said the worst evidence can disappear in the dead of night is what he uh, what he theorized, which would which would uh, make sense. Although that is a pretty partisan way of looking at things. Yeah, I don't know. I just think. It's really interesting that, I don't know, they're not focusing as much on what they should be. <laughs> like, they're like, I understand the need for urgency, but also they're not treating the senators like people who need rest and need to, like... It is interesting that we're talking about a presidential impeachment trial, and we're talking about what they can eat and drink instead of the, uh, the yeah. impeachment itself. Yeah, the actual I guess. impeachment. Yeah, I don't think that is what the focus should be. Um, I don't want to say they can just eat or drink anything because like you said they could bring illegal substances in but uh or illegal substances <laughs> yeah just things that are annoying <laughs> big old bag of potato chips the whole you got a senator with three four locos just I, like yeah. let's get this done i don't know i think it'll be really interesting to see what they're gonna if they're gonna even change it and if they do what they will change it to what they decide is the the cross the line to cross <laughs> well and when this when this trial is over I'll, i'm going to be really interested in seeing and probably the best analysis of this come out in like 10 years or something but how the conditions of the trial may have mm -hmm. impacted the final decision right because like i was saying there's there's no way that it's not gonna i think it'll impact a lot of their decisions and like Brittany was saying if you already have some pretty strong opinions and you're sleep deprived and you're irritable you're and you're hungry you're tired. probably just gonna vote your with your party blood line. pressure's going crazy because all the chocolate <laughs> yeah. yeah i know i wouldn't be able to do that keeping a level head no it sounds miserable and we're you know we're in the peak of our youth all these people are like you know 50 plus yeah that text us your thoughts listener um 970-491-5278 do you what do you think about all this do you think that it's distracting from the bigger goal do you think that it's Worth necessary, taking a look at? Yeah. Do you think it's necessary? Let us know what you think. 970-491-5278. I think we're going to wrap this one up. And mm -hmm. uh, do you want to move into uh, Hall or do you want to move into Pow Wow? Uh, let's move into Laura Hall's interview. All right, sweet. So uh, up next, we're going to play an interview I did with Professor Laura Hall. She's part of the English department and also the associate director of the Writing Center. And if you don't know what the Writing Center is, um, and you are a student or just someone associated with CSU, it's a really valuable tool that we have here on campus. And I will let Professor Hall explain it much better than I do. Hi, Laura. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so before we dive in, could you just tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes. So I am here on behalf of the Writing Center, and I'm the Associate Director of the Writing Center. I'm an instructor of composition in the English department. I teach mostly composition courses, C-150, C-130, and CO-302 writing in digital environments as well. Awesome. And I took that one. It was a lot of fun. You are the Associate Director of the Writing Center. What is the Writing Center? The Writing Center is a space on campus unlike any other. Uh, it's a space to bring in all types of writing, um, any genre of writing, and to just sit down with a peer, um, either graduate student, undergraduate student, and get... Uh, feedback about your writing, get another set of eyes on your writing, uh, get some help along the way with your your writing assignments or your writing for really anything. Awesome. So specifically, what kinds of resources do you have there? 
we have uh, three types of appointments that you can make at the Writing Center. Uh, you can meet face-to-face, -face, which is the most beneficial way to get help from uh, our consultants. Um, you can sign up for an online appointment. We do video conferences. If it's negative three degrees outside and you really don't want to leave your dorm room, you can definitely video conference. And, uh, and you can also sign up for written feedback in the online queue. Uh, so someone will be leaving you some comments on a draft of anything that you have. So there's three options, but I would highly recommend making a face-to-face -face appointment to really get the full benefit of a writing center consultation. Gotcha. And uh, who can use the writing center? Anyone, really. Um, it's specifically aimed at CSU students. Uh, the writing center is open to the community. Um, whether you're an undergraduate student or a graduate student, we have faculty members that swing by the writing center to get work, uh, help on their research. So um, it's open to, to everyone. Awesome. Um, so what does the process look like of going to the Writing Center to get help with your work? Yeah, definitely. So if you are uh, submitting something during a particularly busy time of the year, uh, that would be around midterms or finals, it's a good idea to make an appointment online. And you can do that at writingcenter.colostate.edu. Um, so you'll make an appointment for a set time. Or most of the time, especially early in the semester, you can snag an appointment by dropping in. And we are located in the basement of Eddie Hall in Eddie 23. Um, so you would come in, grab some coffee, chill out on the couch. It's a really casual environment. Um, so you will meet with a consultant uh, that you've made an appointment with. And um, some folks like to make appointments with the same con consultants. Um, because they kind of get to know them and their writing style and their their uh, work. And um, you will sit down and go through your writing and get help with whatever you want specific help on. Right on. But I'm pissed. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are the Writing Center seminars? So we have a new opportunity this semester. Um, we started this last semester where uh, folks who are taking C-150 can uh, sign up for uh, supplemental instruction, which means that you can meet uh, once a week with a group of fellow students and a consultant to get specific feedback on your C-150 assignment. So if you're in C-150 and you're a little bit daunted by the amount of work, um, check out those supplemental instruction courses. They're still open. Um, you can go to our website and see the different times that they meet uh, there on the website. So as a student, if I was looking for, say, a computer to write on, a place to print, and people who could help me, would that be the place to go? Not quite. There is a lab in Eddy that's open to students in the, that are taking classes in the College of Liberal Arts. But um, if you are working on writing that you've just had a consultation about, you can definitely hang out there and keep working on what you're working on. Um, we don't have a printer down there, but there are, are printers upstairs in the building. We'd be happy to show you where those are. Gotcha. So uh, what specifically is your role there? So my role uh, as the associate director, I work with a team of other directors, and it's an awesome team. It's a really great team to work with. Um, so we oversee the, the consultants. So we have uh, about 15 to 18 consultants. Um, we also hire for consultants in the spring. So if that's something that... Uh, you're interested in keep an eye out for that job posting. Um, so I am part of the supervisory team of those those consultants. We do trainings, weekly trainings. Um, I also manage some of our PR, uh, all those flyers and signs and things like that. 
uh, that's usually coming from from my end. Gotcha. Um, now this is this is an important question. I don't think we touched on. Where is the writing center? Okay, so we have two locations, and this kind of gets confusing at the schedule. But if you have made an appointment during the day from ten to four ten a.m. to four p.m., you will meet in Eddie twenty three in the basement. So keep looking for us. Go around those stairs. It's down there. Um, we have evening hours in Morgan Library behind the computer lab, and we have evening hours from six to eight p.m. Gotcha. Um. So that's another great question. So I know the Writing Center isn't open yet. When does it open and what are its hours? We open next week. So beginning on uh, week two of the semester, uh, we'll open at 10 a.m. We'll be open till 4 p.m. on Monday through Thursday. On Friday, our consultants like to leave a little bit early on Friday, and I know you all do too. So uh, we're only open until 1 p.m. on Friday. Um, Our evening hours are Sunday through Thursday, 6 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so here's, this is kind of a more open question about writing. What do you think are some of the most common challenges that student writers face? I think a lot of challenges with writing, especially what we see in the writing center, is just confidence in your own voice, confidence in your own thoughts and ideas. Um, and it can feel really vulnerable to share your writing with someone else and have a consultant read that writing out loud. Um, but we found that in doing that, um, you really kind of gain a little bit of confidence about what you do know. Um, our consultants aren't there to pick apart writing and pick apart every little grammar thing in your writing, but they're really there to encourage you to improve uh, the writing. So I definitely think confidence is is one thing that awesome. we can help with. Confidence is key. So what would some tips be for students who want to be better writers? Come to the writing center. <laughs> definitely come <laughs> hey. to the writing center. Also just... Um, Write multiple drafts. Um, sometimes we either leave something at the last minute, um, and I do this too as a writer. Um, it's easy to just kind of procrastinate, but really in that iterative process of writing something and then having to write it over again and relook at that draft, that's going to be, I think, the single best way to improve as a writer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laura. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. All righty. That was Laura Hall with the Writing Center. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and having that interview with us. And if you want to know more about the Writing Center, they do have their own website. Just Google the Writing Center at Colorado State, and you can you know register for appointments there or video appointments or one of their seminars. I know she said that was still going on. They don't open until next Monday, but they do have lots of awesome resources, especially, like she said, if you're a CL150 student, you can participate in the seminar for credit for that class. All right. Before we heard a little bit from Laura Hall in the Writing Center, though, we had a roundtable discussion about the impeachment hearing and what the senators are able to drink or not drink, rather, while they're uh, having that, the impeachment trials. Uh, And we actually asked for some feedback from all of you, and we got a text in, and someone said, with the argument of caffeine, it actually is a drug because it is an altering substance, which is the definition of a drug. However, it has been so ingrained into our society that is, as well as tea that contains caffeine, should be allowed. Now, if we were talking about marijuana and alcohol, that's a much bigger issue because these are not allowed in the public, at least. Uh, I completely agree. Um, We were just talking about it a little bit. A lot of things can be considered drugs just by the definition that it alters um, the way you think, the way you feel. By that argument, so is sugar and so is the chocolate that they are allowed to eat in the chambers. That's true. Um, I, 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 th- I do think caffeine could, 
should be scrutinized before it's allowed to be in the Senate chamber, just because it does have such a, an intense effect on how people act sometimes. I know me personally, I don't, I don't drink caffeine really, but when I do, it has, I mean, do you, do you remember the last time I drank caffeine and I came into the office? <laughs> no. I've found a bouncy ball on the ground and I was playing with it on the tables and I was like just everywhere. Well, so. the thing though is these aren't, 10 year old kids who've never had a drop of caffeine in their life neither am i (laughs) i know hold on these are older gentlemen and women who have had caffeine and know how it affects them and know if they need it or not to get through a 12-hour meeting um yes it is an altering substance however if they deem that it's necessary for them to have to get through that meeting i feel they should be more than allowed to have it i guess we trust them with our livelihoods we can trust them with caffeine (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and even if we were to put like a limit on it if it were to be allowed you say maybe one cup of coffee one cup of tea every few hours just so no one goes crazy with it starts bouncing off the walls yeah well um yeah the more we talk about it the more i kind of start to sympathize with why there is this rule of just water and milk because it starts getting into this it gets complicated how do we regulate how much caffeine people can take in and i understand that but also just because something's hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do it especially when people are suffering not i don't want to say suffering but they're senators they'll be okay especially when they're getting the backlash of the lack of action yeah uh, and it it, it's it's funny because it almost sounds like a waste of time to even talk about, but it's really not. I mean, they are the lawmakers for our country. Right. We, should, we should care about their states of mind. It sounds really silly to talk about it, but also, I don't know, I'm putting myself in their shoes, and I'm exactly, just trying yeah. to imagine being in a 12-hour meeting, being in a 12-hour anything, and not especially, being allowed to have anything at all. Especially when partisanship uh, dictates that a lot of people don't even believe they should be there at all. Right. And they're being kept there for 12 hours at a time. Um, And to that point, actually, our lovely texter did say, one of the best things that Congress can do is treat the time they have in the impeachment trial as if they were in the House of Commons, which is British Parliament. Uh, They have different breaks during their day in order to keep them sane. At least that's what it seems like to me. Of course, the House of Commons has nearly 400 to 500 years of precedent, but to disallow people who are trying to make huge decisions to take care of themselves as if they are human beings is just flat wrong. And I think that's kind of our consensus here in the station, too, is it, it... it's it's almost distracting from the proceeding of law to be having to wor- have to worry about these senators' state of mind and of being when they should be focused and we should be focused on the legal issue at hand. Well, are they not getting breaks? I guess no, they don't get breaks. Oh my goodness! Honestly, if I was put in that situation, I'd be sneaking snacks during my bathroom breaks. So I mean, so that you get they get allowed bathroom breaks. But the thing is, so if you break any of the rules of oh, a Senate trial, true. it's upon punishment of imprisonment. Um, it's supposed to be immediate too. They're supposed to take you straight to jail from the trial if they catch you breaking the rules. Now, there's there's photo evidence of a few senators who've already broken the rules. You're not supposed to have electronic devices. Um, some senators brought in Apple Watches so they can continue their work, which is technically against the rules. Um, same with um, you know the the senator who was so- caught sleeping. That's also supposed to be against the rules, but. Uh, no one's been imprisoned. It does seem kind of like kind of a harsh 
uh, punishment. Looks like we have one more text. Let's take a let's take a look at that. Yeah. So this one says the milk versus water is cool, but have you heard about all of the senators getting fidget spinners for the impeachment hearings? I haven't. If I haven't heard that, if that's true, I really like that. Yeah. If that's a real thing, send us like a link because um, that's uh, interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah. Honest. Like it is funny to read, but on a serious note, that's a great idea. Like when you're uh, attention is almost divided that way it really helps the focus like hone in on what you're hearing do you think they're being ironic about it though or they're I being don't serious know. I, I, i'd imagine they're being ironic about it i know uh, i don't know i could see it working i could also see it being a joke satire almost that that's all like, oh, these poor senators they don't they only get water and milk like might as well just give them yeah like I mean? let's let's give them some fidget spinners yeah that's yeah. kind of what what it strikes me it might be but yeah if you uh if person who texted if you've got a link uh, I'd love it if you'd send it to us. We'll check it out. But uh, let's move into our next pre-recorded piece here. You want to intro this one, Ren? Oh, we were actually going to take a break. Oh, we're going to take a break? Let's take a break. Heck yeah, we're going to take a break. Um, but what? after the break, we're going to listen to that 37th annual powwow piece that um, I created for a contest that I entered. Fingers crossed that I make it. Um, and then later, we're going to hear my culture war piece that I also submitted for that same contest. And then shortly after that piece, um, we're going to hear from Brittany with a little bit of local news. So stay tuned for all that. Stay tuned for that. And before we go... Uh, we just wanted to ask you guys once again, what are your goals for the new year, new semester, New Year's resolutions, new semester resolutions? Let us know. Text them in, 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Ren Wadsworth. And I'm Maximus Hunter. And we're joined in studio by a reporter... Brittany Liskey. Hey, Brittany. All right. So, Ren, you've got some cool to share with us. Yeah, I do. So, the Hearst uh, broadcast competition just recently opened up, and one of the competitions was about radio broadcast, and I decided to enter two of my fe- one of my feature pieces and one of my newscast pieces, as well as another feature piece into that competition, and I'm going to be playing both of those feature pieces for you today. We'll start with the powwow, the 37th annual powwow that happened here at Colorado State University, and then later in the show, we'll hear Charlie Kirk's culture war piece that I covered a little bit earlier today. Um, if you heard them before in the show, they are completely different, uh, revamped from anything you've ever heard before, but that's that. I'm excited. Yeah. So without further ado, here is my powwow piece. Sounds of drums and singing pour from inside the Lori Student Center Ballroom, where the annual Native American powwow is taking place on October 26th at Colorado State University. Inside of the room is a whirlwind of color. Traditional regalia, dancing, and beaded jewelry line the floors. Alexandria Hopkins is the vice president of the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. She says the event is a way to celebrate Native American heritage. It's a way to show, you know, that we're like still here and that we're still celebrating our culture. Hopkins also says it is not only for Native Americans, but is an inclusive environment for all students. They have like an opportunity to come and like observe, know more of like what, you know, why people are doing like what they're doing. Here, attendees observe, socialize, and participate in events like the intertribal dance. We have a lot of reasons and things that people are uh, misconceptions of it and stereotypes of it. That is a good place to come and learn as well. That was the powwow's spiritual advisor, Doug Goodfeather. It's a gathering to come and have a good time, 
bring awareness to our communities, to our colleges, educate people, and just to help people understand where we come from. Goodfeather hopes that events like the powwow will help others better understand Native American culture and heritage. In Fort Collins, Colorado, I'm Ren Wadsworth, 90.5 KCSU. Alrighty, and that was my piece that I submitted. So once again, fingers crossed that I uh, make that competition. Yeah, good luck. It was a good piece. <laughs> Thank you. Interesting. We're, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go ahead with Brittany with a little bit of local news today. Hi, I'm Brittany Liske, and this is your local news report for January 23rd, and you are listening to KCSU Fort Collins. Coming up on January 26th, all of the nine Colorado Democrats that are running to replace the Republican Cory Gardner will be gathering at the Longmont Museum for Community Conversation. The candidates will be discussing issues important to the Latinx community. Some of these issues include housing, policing, employment, health and environment, youth services, transportation, as well as many others. This is a conversation that invites community participation. And for those of you who would like to send in your questions, you can email info at longmontlentonxvoice.com or you can also email info at suvoz.us. On February 28th, the Poudre River Forum will be taking place and is sponsored in part by CSU's Colorado Water Center. This annual event is to bring together those living in the Poudre who farm, deliver clean, portable water, drink beer, recreate, and advocate for river health to learn from one another and to explore how we can move from conflict to collaboration. This year's program includes topics that dive into water quality challenges in the Poudre Basin, including historical water quality perspectives, water quality controls and trade-offs, ecosystem impacts on water quality, and municipal, agricultural, and environmental perspectives on water quality. And just as a reminder, if you would like to attend this event, it is taking place on February 28th, and there are a limited number of complimentary student and discounted registrations available. The the Richardson Foundation, the Provost's Ethics Colloquium, and other sponsors invite you to attend the 2020 Northern Colorado Human Trafficking Symposium hosted at Colorado State University on February 6, 2020. This event is to engage and educate participants on the issue of human trafficking through research, training, and collaboration. The theme for the symposium is joining forces on the front lines. The symposium offers three tracks, including an awareness track, a professional track for professionals who seek professional training, and a research track for researchers and academics that will highlight cutting as research in the field. Again, if you would like to attend this event, we'll, it will be taking place at Colorado State University on February 6th. And that is all I have for you today for your local news. Thanks, Brittany. I'm glad that we're hosting such an important thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I know we do a lot of, like, symposiums and colloquiums and dissertations at CSU, but not not a lot that actually talk about um, more worldwide topics. We do a lot of agriculture ones, I know, more and we do a lot of here, yeah. academic ones, but that's actually something that's more of a public interest. Yes, for. and it's definitely a big issue that needs to be talked about and need people need to be more aware of. Because Especially in northern Colorado. It's happening everywhere, and it's pretty big deal i've heard over the last few years in northern colorado it's been especially bad too Mm -hmm. um on a lighter well maybe not a lighter note 
we have another piece from you, Ren, and this one uh, needs a bit of an introduction, right? Uh. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Charlie Kirk, the founder um, and president of Turning Point USA, which is a conservative organization that goes to different college campuses, and I'm basically just mirroring my <laughs> piece right now, uh, came to Colorado State University's campus, and his tour was called Culture War, and Donald Trump Jr. came with him, and there was a lot of controversy that happened around campus because a lot of students felt that maybe his ideals didn't line up exactly with uh, Colorado State University's uh, guidelines, and then other students felt that their voices weren't being heard if uh, people didn't want to hear what Charlie Kirk had to say. So it was just a big event where there was a lot of protesters, and a lot of people weren't even able to get into the event. More than half, right? Uh, way more than way half. More than There's half. about 600 people in the hall with Charlie Kirk, and then 1,000 people outside. And our, uh, the president of our campus even commented on... The, yeah, what did she say? Uh, oh my gosh. She, in an email that happened months before the culture war events, after two racist incidents last mm -hmm. semester, uh, Joyce McConnell said we do not tolerate racism, bigotry, and hate at Colorado State, and then said, speaking of which, Charlie Kirk's culture war is coming to campus which rubs some people, including Charlie, the wrong way. Um, if you're interested in hearing about Charlie's reaction to that, we actually did speak to him during the Culture War event. You can find that at our website, kcsufm.com, under News, RMR, if you want to see our interview with Charlie Kirk. But we're talking about Culture War right now, and we're going to listen to some of the people who participated yeah, I definitely didn't. I didn't put uh, Charlie's personal interview in this. I wanted to hear more of the student side of it. So I got, uh, I feel like, each side of the opinion about Charlie in the interview. Anyway, but without further ado, here's my culture war piece. You guys ready for Charlie Kirk, Donald Trump Jr.? Make some noise. Griffin Concert Hall houses 600 people, and during Charlie Kirk's Culture War speech at Colorado State University, the room was at capacity. Charlie Kirk is the president and founder of Turning Point USA, a national conservative organization that regularly hosts tours where he speaks on college campuses. The topics vary from year to year, and the tours cover some type of theme and have special guests depending on the college. This year, the theme was Culture War, and toured eight different colleges with Donald Trump Jr. visiting two of them along with Charlie Kirk. Hours before the event, students at CSU shared strong opinions either for or against Charlie Kirk's expected appearance on campus. My name is Kaori Kaiser and I am with Rams for Bernie. I think given the events that have happened when Charlie Kirk and other ideologically aligned speakers have come to campus, I think it puts us in a difficult situation because the crowd that that tends to attract some violent white supremacist far-right groups. I'm Dylan Tosinski. Um, right now I'm a journalism major. I am. I'm a freshman. You know, I actually, a lot of people here don't support Charlie Kirk and, and Donald Trump Jr. coming here. I do. Um, I am admittedly more liberal, but I, I fully support having conservative speakers and people like that here encouraging free speech. Uh, my name is Kevin LaRusso. I'm with Turning Point USA and I'm the campus coordinator on Colorado State University. There's this narrative that conservatism is inherently racist and that is wrong. You know, when they hear Charlie Kirk, they don't have to hear anything he's ever said. They just hear that he is on the right, therefore he's racist. All of us hate that. None of us like racism. None of us like white supremacy. There are going to be people there that we disagree with on both sides. 
the speech at CSU discussed what it means to be conservative on college campuses, socialism in the United States, and the culture war Charlie Kirk feels is happening between political parties. Outside of the venue were approximately 1,000 protesters and supporters who were unable to make it inside. Some participants in the crowd included the Young Democratic Socialists of America and the Colorado Proud Boys. Student leaders for both Rams for Burning and Turning Point USA agreed that the next step in moving forward as a community and a country is to end political polarization. You know, nothing exists in a vacuum, so we really need to be thinking about like the total system and what's outside of just the specific speaker. No matter how much you disagree with what's going to be said in the room, it is important to hear it. You need to be able to, if you disagree with the viewpoints, you need to be able to know what they are so you can figure out what you disagree with or figure out where they're wrong. What's really important is that the dialogue is happening. For KCSU News, I'm Ren Wattsworth reporting from the University Center for the Arts. Great work, Ren. Thank you. Yeah. And like Max said earlier, if you want to hear uh, Max or not Max's, if you want to hear uh, Charlie Kirk's full interview or any of the interviews in there, their entire unedited, unedited interviews are all on our website. On our website, kcsufm.com. Go to news, Rocky Mountain Review. We, we spoke to Charlie, and I believe we're the only um, news organization that actually got to speak to Charlie about this event. So that one that one was really interesting because he talked, kind of commented directly on what Joyce McConnell said. Um, we also yeah, spoke to Rams for Bernie. Uh, we spoke to a lot of people. So if you are interested in learning more about culture wars or that time Charlie Kirk came to CSU and there wasn't violence compared to 2018, um, then yeah, check out our website. But uh, we're going to move into another quick roundtable discussion. So, what's your least favorite highway that goes between Denver and Fort Collins, y'all? Hmm, let me think about it. I-25. I-25. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there another highway? No. Okay, I'm like, wait. Frederick <laughs> Road? I don't know. But, you know, I-25, which was on fire yesterday. Literally. Nice. Um, <laughs> during around, I believe, the hour of five exactly. So, smack dab in the right center on of rush, rush hour. hour. Nice. Smack dab in the center. A car combusted on I-25, causing the entirety of the highway to be shut down for hours and oh, completely congesting I-25. So... We, how, how did that happen? Yeah, that's, a great, that's a great first question. Yeah, first of all, how did this car combust? I, don't, I actually all, drove did... by a car on fire on I-25 a few months ago. It was crazy. Wow. Well, the other question is, how did it happen so bad that the entire highway had to be shut down? That's what I was curious about, because I've passed a car on fire before, and it's a crazy thing to see, but they didn't shut down the highway well, for it. usually what they'll do if something big like that happens is they'll blockade that particular part of the highway, and then they'll detour you off of it, and then back onto it when the blockade's done. So my guess, and this is just a guess, I don't know if this is the truth, but... If I were to take a guess about why, it's because it happened in one of those massive road work zones that take up more oh, than half the highway. That makes sense. Hmm. Which really begs the question, you know, we've been in the zone of eternal road work, mm -hmm. you know, it's been six years since I got my driver's license, so at least for the last six years. On I-25, it's been eternally under construction. Are we getting to the point where it's starting to become a serious detriment? I think we might be. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely really bad to drive on I-25 during rush hour, and I feel like every time I'm on I-25, I have to basically 
allot an extra hour of time just to prepare for there to be bumper to bumper no movement traffic because i feel like yeah i feel like every time i plan for it it's it doesn't happen and every time i don't there's always about two hours of traffic added to my day which when i drive a stick really sucks (laughs) yeah i find that no matter what time of day you try to go even if even if i'm trying to be strategic and not go during rush hour i'm always going to be stopped at one point in traffic definitely well and you know, the, the construction is supposedly to extend it to five lanes at some of its busiest parts, but right now it's down to two lanes in those areas, and there's no real guaranteed date about when that construction is going to be done, which is kind of kind of ironic. I also feel, so I drive down I-25 every weekend. I feel like I never see anybody actually working, doing construction. They mostly do it in, like, late at night. Well... I don't, I'm not saying they're not working, but I, I, I drive late at night, too. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying they're not working, but no, I no, am no, no. I am like, well, if this has been here this long, if it's this much of an issue, maybe there should be, like, more people working more often. I don't know. Part of that's also the, uh, the winter weather. Yeah, that is true. That's fair. There's it, not much you can do when it's snowing every other day yeah yeah well i suppose and i suppose there's no real solution to fix i-25 besides wait for this traffic to be to be gone but it is it it's starting to take its toll on me at least personally it is frustrating i definitely think it's not as bad as other places i've gone with traffic like when i came went to california and like the road leading out of the lax was probably the worst traffic I've oh ever that's seen in i my think life. that's probably the worst street in the whole world i know yeah. the pch and then you go on the one i that is possibly the worst street in the whole world yeah yeah so i'm trying not to complain because i'm like well i mean i'm not in bumper to bumper traffic every single time i go on i-25 but it'd be nice if I didn't have to add an hour to my trip every time I left. <laughs> I am glad people here don't drive like they're from California. That it's is scary. True. That's over very there. true. Also, being from Chicago, pretty familiar with that tra- traffic and aggressive driving, and it's not as bad here. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say one thing. I'm it's very thankful. A car there. One thing I'm very thankful of here is that while we do have pretty heavy traffic on the I-25, it's not people aren't aggressive like. No. I never am scared to merge. I'm never scared to, like, let someone in, whatever. I'm never scared to, like, go the speed I feel comfortable with. So that's nice. Um, I know that is not true in other places like California, yeah. Chicago, New York. Got to be aggressive out there. It's the only way to get where you're going. Right. That is true, Max. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think uh, we were going to take a break, but I don't think we have time for the break. So let's move into our next section, which today is Thursday. January 23rd. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is today the day of, Ren? Uh, Well, it's National Handwriting Day. Oh, so no. whether you have perfect penmanship or you're a slo- sloppy scribbler, Me? today is for you. Uh, the day encourages people to pick up a writing utensil and start using it. National Handwriting Day really reinforces the thought that the pen is mightier than the sword, and the day hopes to remind people of the power of the written word. It has been said that taking notes helps with memorization and that writing longhand can help with the help the body and mind resynchronize right on on a sweeter note today is also national pie day the day is set aside just to celebrate the dessert whether that means eating eating baking or throwing pies pies have existed since 9500 bc in egypt and they come in many different flavors and types like berry fruit cream and even meat 
pies have become a staple in American culture. After all, what is more American than homemade apple pie? 12 hour long Senate hearings. <laughs> <laughs> Only I'm, milk and water. Only milk and I-25. water. I-25. Bad I-25. traffic. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to add the quick note. That's pie, P-I-E. You did not just wake up from a coma and it's March. I know. I was thinking that and I was like, well... Isn't Pi Day like a day? I know. I was like, they should have. They should have planned this better. They should have put it on National Baked Fruit Filled Crust or Meat Filled or Meat Filled. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Love okay, me a good, I take it back. Love me a good pot pie. <laughs> um. Oh man, have you ever been to the Waltz and Kangaroo? Gonna give them some free unasked for advertising here. They make the most amazing pot pies there on Elizabeth Street. We're gonna need to stop before I get more hungry. <laughs> They're so. Oh, I thought you meant like stop at the Watson Kangaroo. I was like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> that too. <laughs> as much as I love talking about decadent desserts, there's something in the air that I just can't get out of my head. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I should have said something. Well, what is it? I I think that that smell. Yes, it must be. It's the weather! <laughs> I didn't know the weather had a smell. Yeah. What, is like, the, what does the weather smell like, like Max? Like mercury, you know. When it, oh, when okay. It rains, you get that, it. like, smell out. You know, mercury the chemical, not the planet. Anyway. <laughs> Mer- Mercury's in retrograde. Buckle up, everybody. Woo-wee! As predicted on Tuesday, the weather was cloudy and cool with only a high of 47 today. But, you know, it's January, that's fine. But as you move into the end of your week and your weekend, you're going to see the temperatures actually rising. On Friday, you can expect to close out your week with a high of 49 and only slight winds. It's not February yet, folks. We're still in January. 49, that's that's bananas. Um, as you move into your weekend, you should expect temperatures to rise to 53 and the sun to come out. But there will still be substantial cloud coverage. We're not going full spring and summer yet. Mother Winter still has a few uh, a few things she wants to figure out. Moving into Sunday, the temperature is going to drop to a high of 50, and that temperature will probably stagnate into Monday as well. But if you want to know if we will ever, ever possibly recover from that dramatic stagnation, you're going to have to tune into the Rocky Mountain Review next Tuesday at 4 to learn what happens post-Monday. Alrighty. Well, I'm afraid that's the end of our show today. Mm. I know, very sad. But before we say goodbye to you, we have to say thank you to a couple of people, starting with Damien Castile, who made this song. What a banger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Damien Castile, for all the amazing music you make on the show that we are free to use. Thank you so much, Damien. We also have to thank Brittany. Really glad to have you in the studio today. Thank you for the work you did. Of course, Max. Love being here. I'm glad you do. All right. We have to thank Laura Hall, who had that interview with Max earlier that you guys listened to, as well as all of the people I interviewed in my earlier pieces that you can find on our website, kcsufm.com. Yes. We should also thank some of the lovely people who work here with us. Uh, It would be Julia Badalese, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Walk, Monty Daniels, Mia Sawaya, Hunter Sinclair, Asher Korn, Desiree, Taylor. Thank you all. Sam, he's a new addition to the office. He's cool. Uh, yeah, thank all of you guys and all the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media Corporation. We really couldn't do this without you. And I have to thank you, Max. You always make every show such a delight and so informational. Thanks, Ren. I'd like to thank you. Um, you're, specifically, I should say I'd like to thank your technical skills because they've really, really improved since we started this show. And I just want to acknowledge that because you're doing a really good job. Alrighty. Well, and we, of course, have to thank you, dear listener. You are the bread and butter of our show. We could not do this without you, and we would not do this without you. Yeah, so thank you very much. And with that, 
We'll see you next time. time.